It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Ainsley Earhart. I'm Charles Payne. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, June 8th, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. Who blew up the Kharkova Dam in Ukraine? Russia won't admit to it. And some have said without evidence, Ukrainian forces are to blame. Let's remember who's been targeting infrastructure. That's the Russians. They've been blowing up Ukrainian infrastructure from the very beginning. Is it hypothetically possible the Ukrainians would do something? It would be irretrievably stupid if they did it. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. The destruction of the Kharkova Dam on the Dnipro River in Ukraine's Kherson Oblast is creating a humanitarian nightmare. Whole cities are being destroyed. It is indeed a key piece of, of infrastructure in Ukraine, and it's going to cause massive damage to dozens of towns and villages, leaving thousands of people homeless. Dan Hoffman is a retired CIA intelligence officer and station chief in Moscow. He's now a Fox News contributor. Not only will towns be unlivable, the Ukrainian grain exports, what help float the country's economy and help to feed Africa, are at risk, which is why he feels the Ukrainians didn't do this. And it's going to impact you know, water and energy supplies uh, across that region. It's already destroyed a hydroelectric station. It's going to pose some, some risk to the uh, Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Um, it's going to disrupt irrigation in, in the region as well. Uh, you know, the um, the issue of who did it, uh, I think we have to be careful about giving Russia, um, looking at both sides when it comes to Russia. The Russians have lied repeatedly. It's what they do. And so they're going to, of course, they're going to blame Ukraine. Vladimir Putin is the KGB guy in the Kremlin. So it's deny everything, um, you know, admit nothing and make counter accusations. That's kind of how they operate. And look, the Russians mind uh the dam months and months ago when ukraine was mounting their counteroffensive uh back in october november in kherson so look i would say with the highest level of confidence the russians did it to try to slow ukraine's uh uh counteroffensive and that makes sense um it's uh it's along the Dnieper river it's where um it's a dividing line between both sides and uh, it's going to have an impact on the way that Ukraine conducts the counteroffensive, at least in that in that area. But it's a massive cost. I mean, roughly the Ukrainians are already estimating a billion dollars to uh, to do the reconstruction. And, you know, 20,000 people have lost their homes. I mean, it's a massive impact. Depending on who you read and in, in, in what uh, publication they might agree with you that this was the work of the Russians. Some have accused Ukraine of this. What? And I and I know your your belief is you just stated that this was the work of of the Russians. But what would what advantage would Ukraine have to doing something like this? What makes you think it wasn't Ukraine? I don't think there's any indication that it was. It's a self inflicted wound. I, I, it's going to slow their ability to conduct a counteroffensive now, and it's uh, 
It's also impacting their agricultural heartland, which is fed by the Dnieper River, right. crucial to worldwide supplies of grain. And, and look, let's remember who's been targeting infrastructure. That's the Russians. They've been blowing up Ukrainian infrastructure from the very beginning. Right. And Russia controlled the dam since the early days of, of the war. So, look, is it hypothetically possible that the Ukrainians would do something? It would be irretrievably stupid if they did it. And I just don't see that. And again, I think we have to be careful about both sides here when one side is is full of propaganda and lies and the other one's fighting for their uh, independence. It's um, and, and the the other problem, I mean, it's just, you know, the reservoir is going to drain out. And so upstream, you're going to have a major problem. That's the problem, like cooling the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. And uh, it just none of this is in I would ask the, the, the other flip side of the question, like, tell me what is in Ukraine's interest to have done this. You've got, you know, the Russians had put down a lot of mines, uh, which have now been, you know, the minefields are flooded. Mines are going to be washed off. No one knows where they're going to go. Um, I, I I would fail to see how it would help Ukraine to do this, frankly. Let's talk about Ukraine's spring offensive. It's been, um, or counteroffensive. It's been something that's been talked about really, I think, going on more than six months now, at least uh, this uh you know, wait, wait until this begins. Uh, it's it's beyond spring now. It's it's getting into summer. Uh, is this the counteroffensive? Is it underway? Uh, what what do we ha- what should we expect with it? Might be the the best question. What is it going to look like? That's a hard question to answer. It appears to be underway, but the Ukrainians have been emphasizing um, just real. Uh, just being really careful and not to uh, not to speak about it publicly. They don't want to tip their hand to what they're doing. So at this point, I would say we don't have any indications about, you know, how successful the Ukrainians are. It's very difficult to speculate how successful they're going to be uh, and specifically what that counteroffensive is going to look like. We're just going to have to wait to see how things start to shake out. I mean, we're starting to see, you know, some signs that it's beginning uh, in the very, you know, nascent stage here. Maybe, maybe are early days. Maybe a better um, question. A better question might be how how will we know it's working? Um, what would well, uh, what would so be the telltale we, signs? You know. Yeah. So we've seen you know increase in fighting in the eastern part of the country, um, and what the the way the Ukrainians will operate is to conduct what they call shaping operations. Those have been underway for a couple of weeks. Uh, where they'll test the Russian positions with artillery strikes and ground attacks. And they're going to look for where, you know, they can find uh, soft spots to target. Um, Now, as far as, you know, we've seen a counteroffensive already where Ukraine mounted a blistering one, you know, six months ago. And and that means taking territory. It means Donbass and it means Crimea, potentially. Um, I would look to see whether Ukraine starts to take territory. The Russians have a problem. Uh, there's no unity of command, and the head of the Wagner forces, Yevgeny Prigozhin, has been openly criticizing derisively uh, the Russian Ministry of Defense and their soldiers not having enough equipment and ammunition. And he's saying the, the quiet part out loud about how you know Russia's goal was to prevent Ukraine from becoming militarized, you know, to demilitarize Ukraine. Well, it's been the exact opposite. Ukraine is the strongest fighting force there is in the region. So the question is, what happens to Russian morale? Uh, do, do they start to retreat and give up on a lost cause? There are many who think that that Russian 
power players in Moscow have given up on this war. And so we may see a collapse. It, it's just a range of things you might see. And uh, it's a long front in, in Donbass that these two sides are fighting over. And we'll see what happens in the coming weeks and months. We are speaking with Fox News contributor Dan Hoffman, a former CIA station chief in Moscow, about the destruction of the Karkova Dam in Ukraine and who could be responsible for it and why. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. I, I think a lot of people are, are looking and asking what the what the end game is for Ukraine. I mean, what, what does victory look like for them? I mean, obviously we're not going to see a Ukrainian flag over the Kremlin. And I don't even think that that would be their goal. Um, no. But uh, y- y- at what point does Ukraine say, okay, we've, we've done this job. We've rid them of our, we, we've rid ourselves of the Russians um, and we're, we're stable enough to move forward because the, the, as you've mentioned, infrastructure is destroyed. Whole towns are destroyed. There's a, uh, there's a hundred thousand plus dead. There's a, a diaspora in effect now, essentially. Uh, you know, what does victory look like for Ukraine uh, all this time in? I'm sorry to say that that's not the question to ask. OK, it, the, I think the question to ask is what does losing look like for Russia? This war is not Ukraine's doing. Right. Russia. This is Russia's unprovoked, unjust barbaric war on Ukraine. It's not going to end until Vladimir Putin decides he's done fighting. That's really what we're looking at. And so the Ukrainians are defending themselves and defending themselves very valiantly against Russian aggression. And that's what we've been seeing, you know, 16 months now into this war. Uh, Vladimir Putin has there's no off ramp for Vladimir Putin. I haven't heard Vladimir Putin say that he wants to negotiate for an off ramp or that he wants uh, you know, he's Russia has been responsible for all of these attacks in Ukraine, for killing countless Ukrainian civilians, for a refugee crisis, for wrecking the world economy. The onus is on Russia and uh, and not Ukraine to end this. And so we can ask ourselves, well, what is it going to take for Ukraine to end it? Ukraine doesn't get to end the war. They got to keep fighting until the Russians aren't, you know, aiming their bayonets at them anymore, unfortunately. Um, and, and how far Ukraine feels like they want to go, it's until Vladimir Putin tells his guys to stop fighting when Russians leave Ukrainian territory. The war's been going on since 2014 when Russia, uh, you know, uh, illegally annexed Crimea uh, and, and parts of the Donbass. Um, Ukraine wants Russia out and, and they don't want to have to deal with another Russian attack two or three years from now after Russia has rearmed and prepared themselves for another offensive against Ukraine. And, and that's you know, I think it's important to have some strategic empathy. Ukrainians' very existence uh, it was certainly at grave risk in February of 2022. It's less so now, but it's still out there. And it's an extraordinary achievement that, that President Zelensky is still alive and leading the fight. Uh, one of Russia's stated goals with this was to avoid or to prevent uh, or dissuade NATO from taking in Ukraine. But it seems as if that that's really the opposite of what's happening at NATO brass yeah. is now saying they want Ukraine uh, to join. Uh, and Ukraine, of course, would jump at the chance for this. They're already being admitted into the EU and whatnot. Uh, there's been more NATO presence, I think, now in Eastern Europe than than we've had since, you know, probably in what, 40, 50 years, especially with admitting, I believe it was Finland and Sweden. So is, th- is that the big loss ultimately for Russia? They they end up having their enemy, you know, 
us, quote unquote, closer? So this was this has been a massive intelligence failure for Russia. And that's a huge irony, given Vladimir Putin's own career as a KGB officer and then the director of Russia's Federal Security Service, the FSB, their internal ruthless police. He should have known better, but he underestimated the the, the will and the capacity of Ukraine to fight. Um, and he also, you know, misunderstood how the West would respond, which has resulted in Finnish membership in NATO. So they had added hundreds of miles of now border between NATO and Russia. Sweden is about to become a NATO member, and Ukraine is uh, is receiving massive amounts of Western assistance, cementing their relationship with the European Union and with NATO. So Putin is is at greater risk and and failed. I think um, it's a massive intelligence failure on his part. Everything he's done so far has made Russia weaker. Now, his regime security as a result is weaker. He's weaker today, Vladimir Putin is than he's ever been. Now, he felt like he had to launch this attack on Ukraine because what scares him the most is democracy. And he couldn't have a country with a Russian speaking population on his border striving for democracy and commercial relationships with the West and military relationships with the West. And he may have felt he had to go all in after illegally annexing Ukrainian territory in 2014. But it's completely backfired on him. You're absolutely 100 percent right. And that's the problem for U.S. foreign policy is how do you manage Russia losing the war, which means potentially Vladimir Putin losing his job. And what happens to Russia? What kind of unrest, civil unrest, domestic unrest? uh, What kind of succession planning do we see? That's a huge requirement for the intelligence community. And one of probably many things that's going to keep the president up at night. And and do and do we end up with someone worse in there after Putin is gone? Right. It never my experience of Russia and I. I, you know, it was really my formative experience at CIA. Uh, if you think things are going to get better there, I mean, you're probably mistaken. It, it, things don't usually get much better. And and that is a grave. That's also a serious concern. 100 percent true. Dan Hoffman, former CIA station chief and Fox News contributor. Thank you so much for being with us again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.